0: Sorry to butt in, it sounds as if some of you are sharing life stories, so um, great to hear all the uh, chatter, and uh, the chance to kind of uh, continue after the service, we'll have tea and coffee and biscuits and stuff, so feel free to stay around afterwards, it'd be great to say hello, and uh, yeah, just a big warm welcome this morning. So there's a lot of exciting things going on in Encounter Church, September tends to start, not just a new term, but like a new church year, so there's many things that are happening. Some of it have been mentioned and other things that we'll mention as we go along. Now I remember um, in my previous place where I used to live in the northeast of England, we used to run this youth camp. There's about six hundred young people came and camped every August bank holiday for about five or six days on the evenings. There's about a thousand Young people came. It was very exciting. So I wasn't there right at the start, but um, a friend of mine called Robert uh, was. And he was this uh, uh, church leader um, and very influential in the Northeast. And he was given the role of coordinating the prayer for this youth camp. So part of that was on a, uh, each morning, that people were invited to come at about eight o'clock in the morning to come and pray. Now, I don't know about you, if you've been to a youth camp, people often get, don't go to bed, um, and so they're tired in the morning. So for years and years and years, about 20 people came to this prayer meeting. Now the prayer meetings were good, you know, I went, was part of the team I had, yeah, anyway. So, so we went. So after about 15 years, one night of this youth camp, Robert was off site at the evening celebration, he wasn't there. So I said to everybody, because I was hosting to all these about 1,000 people, I said, right, Robert's off-site. Why don't we tomorrow all turn up to the prayer meeting? He will think revival has broken out. We won't tell him. So the next morning, 100 people turned up to the prayer meeting for the first time. And I was right. Nobody told him. So in our team meeting after the prayer meeting, he thought revival had broken out because he'd been praying that more people would go to this particular prayer meeting nobody to this day i hope he's not watching online has had the courage to tell him that it was a setup the amazing thing is that from then on at least 80 people turned up to every prayer meeting it's amazing isn't it i mean you kind of i mean he, i mean he'd been praying for ages so that people would turn up to this prayer meeting and this practical kind of step, they all kind of turned up. is amazing. But we can do things practically that aid us in the things that God has actually got for us. And I'm delighted that little kind of, I don't know, humorous kind of youth festival family kind of incident moved us on in prayer. It was amazing. It was really significant for us, and and the young people in the northeast of England. Now, we mentioned last week, and Emily said that I would talk about it, that from the um, 8th to the 13th of October this year, we're going to have set aside a prayer room for 100 hours of prayer. Where we're inviting people to come and at different times to book in and pray for an hour, then somebody else will follow them and they will pray for an hour, for a hundred hours during that week, and we're going to be incredibly inspired. So a prayer meeting, the prayer, the prayer room, the prayer room is actually going to be at the other side of that door. There's a door there, and it's going to be the other side of that door. That is an office. It's actually my office. I'm not going to be doing things in the office while you're praying, just so you know that. And all everything in the room will be taken out. We'll put prayer stations in, in, in there. It's just a good room to it. It's not just because it's my office, it's the holiest place. That is not, that is not the reason. It's just, so, it's just the right size to put a prayer room. There's a lot of different stations that are going to inspire us to pray. So on the 24-7 prayer... The website says this, a prayer room is a creative prayer space that enables a chain of unbroken prayer throughout the day and evening, bringing the church community together as one voice in seeking and encouraging the presence of God. And I'd like everybody that's part of Encounter Church to consider being part of this. So, it's a unique opportunity people can book in as individuals, and we encourage you to book in as an individual to do this. You might want to go in as a prayer triplet, you might want to also book a session for a family, ministry team. So, there's different groups that can go in, but I'd encourage you to go in and pray for an hour. And you might be thinking, What on earth am I going to do for an hour? There's going to be so many things there that are going to inspire you to pray. If you like writing, or painting, or drawing, uh, dancing, uh, singing. I mean, you, there's, there's so many things that you can do in this prayer room. So because we're doing this, this particular, uh, from September to November, we're featuring prayer on a Sunday morning. We're doing a whole series uh, on prayer, certainly simply around a question that the disciples asked the Lord Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And when Gary was speaking at the start of the series, saying that was the one thing that the disciples asked Jesus to help them to do, is to teach them to pray. And of course, if you read the passage in Luke chapter uh, 11, it, it, Jesus gives them a framework in what to pray, and uh, it's called the Lord's Prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's not about reciting the Lord's Prayer particularly, but it's about picking up what Jesus was getting at when it comes to Praying, So I thought that this morning that maybe we would read this together, that we'd pray this together, and a remind us of some of the things that Jesus gave in answer to his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. So let's say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now, we did that pretty well. I'm not going to do it again, but I can tell we're not Anglicans, because Anglicans, they get the pace exactly right, don't they? They all stayed together in the right place, so we did it really well there, and it's good to do occasionally. Now some of you, um, you might not be part of Encounter Church and thinking, okay, I can't be part of the prayer room, uh, what, you know, how can this help me this morning? But I'm just going to touch on basically the four principles of prayer that flow through the Lord's Prayer that I hope will help you when you pray even from now on. Now, Pete Gregg, who heads up 24-7 prayer movement that's sweeping the world, people meeting for weeks on end, hour and hour, hundreds of back-to-back praying. Now, Pete Gregg has got this great book called How to Pray, very simple title. And I'm halfway through this book, and it is brilliant. It is brilliant. And I would encourage you, if you like to kind of purchase books and to read, I, this will bless you. This will help your prayer life. And you just think, hey, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give this a go. Um, Just step out, you might teach me new things. I'd love to get closer to you in prayer. I recommend you get that book. You can get it on Amazon. So within it, within the book, he has these four points, which I think just really helpful. Now, he's done it in a form of an acrostic. He says he's not really into acrostics. But there's four points that really help drawing out prayer and a point for each letter. And then the first one is this, that when we pray, we need to learn to pause. Or prayer itself is as pausing before God. This is very important as we come into his presence. And what an invitation that we have to come before our Heavenly Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now sometimes in this country we talk about the haves and the have-nots. And sometimes it's to do with possessions. You know, some people have this and some people have not. But do you know what we have? Do you know what we have? In Christ, we have this relationship with God. We are the haves. If you're in Christ, you are one of the haves. You have something which some people can only dream of and hopefully one day that they will find themselves and that is a relationship with the living God. We have that. And so it's great d- during the day or during our week that we take time to come before our Heavenly Father and pause. Because we have that relationship. And Jesus himself did, not he, in, in John chapter 1, verse 12, He says that those who receive him, Jesus, who believe in his name, have the power to become the children of God. And if you're a child of God, you are a have. You are definitely have, not because we're any better than anybody else, but we have received something that is wonderful. And there's some great wor- words in the, in the Bible about God being our Father. And I think that's what inspired the disciples. So they saw Jesus perform all these miracles and take bread and turn, he feed 5,000 people. But I think that what they really craved was the same kind of relationship with the Heavenly Father that Jesus had. I think that's what they, they craved, and it's wonderful, isn't it? And as and Jesus taught the disciples, there's occasions when, when Jesus said to them, your God and my God. It's amazing we can have that kind of relationship with our Heavenly Father, as the Lord Jesus had himself. Behold what manner of the love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And that is who we are, it says in 1 John chapter. Five. So the prayer room is an opportunity to pause And come before our Heavenly Father Somebody once says this To move forward you must learn to pause You must learn to pause in order to move forward And as Christians we must lo- learn to pause On the day of Pentecost wasn't it Jesus says, don't lo- go out from Jerusalem Pause And they went to the upper room and they paused And God poured out his spirit upon them To move forward, sometimes we need to take this opportunity to pause. And it's just wonderful, the gift of prayer that we have, this side of heaven. And somebody once says this, that prayer is the hub that holds it all together. Prayer is the hub that holds it all together. In Colossians it says this, doesn't it? That he, the Lord Jesus, is above all things, and in him all things hold together. And in prayer... We come before our Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. And He just holds it all together. So I encourage you to come and to pause. So P stands for uh, pause, according to um, Pete Gregg in his acrostic. The second one is that when we pray, we rejoice. Now I find this a great blessing when I was reading this. Because rejoicing it is important. We celebrate. Our relationship with God. And I tell you, prayer is very different when we celebrate. When we celebrate as we pray or before we pray, it is a wonderful thing. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And hallow, I looked it up, it means to greatly to greatly revere and to honor. It's to celebrate who our amazing God is, who are. Heavenly Father is who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes we can lose this art of celebration, but I'd just like to play a short video clip um, by a guy called Shadrach Lockridge. That's a great name, isn't it? Shadrach Lockridge. And uh, he was a pastor uh, in uh, San Diego, California, and decades ago, he was preaching in his church, and um, part of his message uh, it was entitled, That's My King, and he fully knew what he meant to hallow the name of the Lord. And this, this, this little clip of his sermon has gone around, it's, it, there's been 9 million hits. There won't be 9 million hits on my sermon this morning, by the way. But you could help, you could help, build it up to 20 or something. Anyway, so we're going to put it on, That's My King.
1: He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses Lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness, he's the highway of holiness, he's the gateway of glory, do you know him? Well, his life is matchless, his goodness is limitless, his mercy is everlasting, his love never changes, his word is enough, his grace is sufficient. his reign is righteous, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is lighter. I could describe him, to yet he's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible, well, you can't get him out of your mind, you see, you can't get him off of your head, you can't outlive him, and you can't live without him, well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him, Pilate couldn't find any fault in him, terrorists couldn't kill him. It happen, and
0: it. Yeah. yeah, it makes you want to clap, doesn't it? And uh, makes you want to celebrate. And prayer is part of that. Is when we come before the Lord, we pause, but we also celebrate how amazing He is, and it makes such a big difference to our lives. Somebody, Pete Gregg, says this in his book. He says, unwittingly, we have unhallowed the Father's name. And in losing the goodness of God, we struggle with prayer because we fail to grasp the mind-blowing privilege of simply being in the presence of God. And that makes such a difference when we celebrate who God is when we come before him in prayer. Uh, J. John, the evangelist, he says this. He says he, he, he feels for atheists. He kind of has a sympathy for atheists who see this amazing sunset and have nobody to thank for it. But there's so many things that we can thank God for when we come before him in prayer. And this celebration makes a big difference when we come before God in prayer. And in the prayer room, if you book in, if you've spent your whole time celebrating and listening to worship songs, do you know that is prayer? That is prayer. For some of us, we, need to, we do need to get back to celebrating the wonder of who God is, and it's just enjoying the wonder of who God is. He is above all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, the Apostle Paul, he understood this when it comes to prayer. So I'm going to read a few verses from Philippians chapter 4, and uh, starting at verse 4. And this is the words of the apostle Paul. When it comes to prayer, I think this is brilliant. So when he comes to prayer, it says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, with petition by prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. And minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And the Apostle Paul he writes this from Philippi, where he's in prison, and he's writing to these believers, and he's saying, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say, rejoice. So celebration is part of our prayer. prayer. And I hope that uh, that those who use the prayer room, there will be a celebration there as we worship the Lord uh, within that place. So we pause, we rejoice, and uh, A, wouldn't surprise you in the acrostic that Pete Greg has, is that we can come before God and ask. We can come before God and ask. And in the Lord's prayer, there's a lot of asking. Thy kingdom come, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, Lord, our trespasses as we forgive those. Deliver us from temptation. Deliver us from the evil one so there's a lot to ask we pause we celebrate but there's a lot to we, that we ask for and it's a spiritual principle biblical principle to ask because after the Lord's prayer Jesus go on to say ask and it be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you and in James it says you do not have because you do not ask and there's times we need to come before the Lord and really know what to ask for from our heavenly father and we ask because it is a relationship, it's not a slot machine, as has been said in previous weeks. And, and we ask because God is able. He's for us, and God is able to do many of these things. And the reason that we can have confidence in praying for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven is because God is more committed to that than we are. He really wants to answer that prayer. Jesus says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. So therefore, when we pray for those things that are on God's heart for God's kingdom to come, he really wants to answer. He wants us to ask for those things that change people's lives. Now I like it that uh, in the book of Acts, when Peter and John, if you read the story from Acts chapter three, they come across a crippled beggar outside of the temple area uh, who'd been crippled since um, birth, and they pray for him. He asked for money, if you read the story. Peter and John says, "We haven't got any money. But what we do have, we do give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And it's interesting that Peter and John at that point, were on the, they were, had an appointment with prayer. They were on the way to the temple to pray because it was the ninth hour, which is three o'clock in the, the afternoon. They'd had this appointment to go and pray uh, each day at that particular time. And it's good for us to have an appointment to pray to set aside times that I am going to pray at this particular time. And I think you'll be blessed by uh, booking in, using the prayer room, making an appointment, that I'm going to come before God. And there's certain things I know I'm going to come before God to ask for. That's absolutely fine. I just encourage you to kind of pause. Remember that we're in God's presence and uh, we love him. But he encourages us to come and ask. And there's some things that are on your heart, and you say, Lord, I'm going to come. I'm really going to be asking for this when I come to prayer. And I'm sure that as you're praying, God will lay on your hearts things that would be good to ask for as well. Now, I'm sure he will lead us as we do this. Now, Romans chapter 4, I'm reading the book of Romans at the moment. And there's a couple of just lines within verses that I think just really exciting that, that build faith and confidence. Because it says, The God who gives life to the dead and calls things to being as though they are not. So God gives life to things that are dead, calls things into being that are not. And then talking about Abraham's testimony, it says, Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he has promised. He has the power to do what he has promised. So he encourages to come in and to pray, to make that kind of appointment. And Pete Gregg in his book, keep mentioning the book. I don't get commissioned with this book, by the way. I might ask him that, actually. But he says, from the first day of creation to the last chapter of Revelation, Scripture describes God breaking in, invading time and space, interrupting and disrupting the law of nature. He's bigger than it all. all. He's worthy of his all. He's bigger than... And you might be surprised as you come in and pray what you just feel God laying on your heart to have the confidence to pray for and to lay hold of. Thy kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not into temptation. So within the prayer room there'll be Stations that will inspire us to pray will have a big map of the world so you can um, identify and show where you're from if you want to pray for that particular nation. There's many other nations in the world to pray for, many other situations. We'll put a big map of Birmingham up um, and you can um, show where you live. If you live in a posh area then that's fine, everybody will know. But we can pray what God lays on our hearts. We'll put all the schools on and things like the hospitals. And there'll be a lot of things to inspire us to pray. You can take communion if you want to take communion. So with prayer, we pause, we rejoice, we act. And now we come to why. It's not why, by the way. It's, it's we yield. When we pray, we yield. We pause, we rejoice, we ask. And prayer is about yielding. That's about surrendering before God. And that is so important that we, with our Christian lives, we learn to surrender before God because it is a real plus for us to do what God has called us to do. Because we pray, don't we, Lord, because this is, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. This is for you. Eugene Peterson, some of you heard of, he says this. One of the differences between you and God is that God doesn't think he's you. Because he's God. He he became one of us, but he doesn't think he's you. The problem is that it's times when we think that we are that we know best. And prayer is yielding. Say, God, we know that you know best. I know that you know best. I know that you know best in every situation and booking a time in the prayer room is a physical statement maybe saying god i want your will to be done within my life i yield to you you are first in james chapter 4 verse 13 to 15 he says this listen now listen you who say today or tomorrow we will do this or go to that city or spend a year there carry on business make money why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow instead you ought to say If it is your will, Lord, we will do this and we will do that. And it may be for you, the important thing is, significant thing is, I want to come and pray. I want to say, Lord, I want what your will is here. I want what you want in this situation. I'm not sure what it is. Show me what to pray within this situation. You see, obedience within the Christian life, saying, Lord, is this, is when our will crosses God's will and we choose God's will. And there's times when that needs to happen. Now, I had a friend who um, lived in our street up in the northeast and lived over the road. And when he moved into the house, he found guns underneath the floorboards. Um, it wasn't that kind of street, actually. There we go. Obviously, it was. Anyway, he, he, he becomes a Christian. And uh, Wendy was fantastic, inviting him over for a meal and stuff. He went on Alpha. He becomes a Christian and he gets baptised. But I remember him saying to me once, he says, Phil, I have done all this, I've done all this, become a Christian, been baptised. But there's just something within me that knows that at some point soon I need to kneel before the Lord. Just just the symb- symbolic act of kneeling, he just, he just needed to say, Lord, thank you for giving me, thank you I belong to you, but I need to make sure that you are first. And uh, there's times even within our Christian lives that we can go back on that a little bit and something comes up when it's not his will but our will. but this is a good way of landing that. So just to bring things into close very quickly. So Pete Gregg, who um, heads up 24-7, I remember many years ago, very proud of this fact, name-dropping, of doing a seminar workshop with him in Eastbourne at uh, the Tennis Centre. You know the Tennis Centre? in the referee's room, room, I won't go into detail, at the Youth Work Conference, doing a, a seminar on youth work, 11 to 14-year-olds. And I remember, um, they came to hear him, really, but I remember he said that a youth, in a youth weekend, they're at this particular camp, and there was a lake as part of this camp, and on a Saturday night, because Saturday nights are youth weekends, that's when you kind of go for the big response, and the big, yeah, you do, and so he said, instead of come forward for prayer, he says, if you really want to commit your life to the Lord, what I want you to do, why don't you just run out and jump into the lake and say, Lord, I'm all in. Now, safeguarding issues would come into this a little bit now. So I'm not recommending that when you, if you're leading the next youth weekend. Let me just say that. Don't say, uh, I got this from Phil, because you didn't. But a lot of these young people, because of the activity and it was fun, they just wanted to jump in and say, Lord, you know, I'm all in with you. And in a sense, that is what baptism is, isn't it? That's in a sense what baptism is, and it's lovely to hear Emily talk about it so enthusiastically. It's just wonderful, because some people, you know, they get baptized for different reasons, just want to be assured that they've been forgiven, and they look back on that for years to come, say, no, I am cleansed, I got baptized, I know that I'm forgiven. Some people simply do it out of obedience, and some people do say, Lord, I'm all in with you. I'm all in with you, I want everything that you've got for me. So even as Christians, though, even if we've been baptized, there's times when we need to do that still. Say, Lord, I'm all in with you. What, what have you got for me? How do you want to direct me? How are you going to bring wisdom to this particular situation? So even in the prayer room, we're going, we're going to have sand that you can go and stand on and pray and say, God, what is the next step? Where do you want to lead me? Lord, where you've placed me, please use me. There's a verse, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. You don't have to, you could draw your foot, you could just, whatever you want to do. But it's important we come before the Lord and take the time to pray and say, God, what have you got for me? What is your direction? What is your wisdom? Please use me where I am. So within prayer, we pause, we rejoice, we ask, we yield, we surrender to the Lord, and there's many things in the prayer room that will help us to do that. So last week we launched it where people could sign up. So on a Sunday morning we have this chart of the times when the prayer room is open, and it will be launched on the 8th of October at 12 o'clock, uh, midday. And uh, Abraham, one of our elders, is going in first, actually. So we'll pray for him before he goes in. We might carry him in, actually. I don't know what. We'll have a think, shall we, what we'll do to Abraham before he goes into the prayer. Don't worry, if you sign up for the prayer, we're not going to do anything to you, so please don't, don't worry about that. Well, we will have hosts in the building. So when you you turn up about five, ten minutes early, the time you put in, there'll be somebody there to greet you, introduce you to the prayer room. If you want tea and coffee, you can have tea and coffee, explain what's going on. They'll pray for you when you go in, if you would like that. When you come out, there'll be somebody here as well. So you won't be in the building on your own. We'll be supporting you. That We've got some great hosts lined up for this. So you can sign up as an individual, like I say, or a group, but please do that. You can do it on the chart there, or you can do it online. Just request... For various reasons, if you're going to do online, please don't do online on a Sunday morning. That will confuse things slightly. On a Sunday morning, use the chart. Outside of Sunday mornings, just go online and there's a leaflet by the prayer chart which will tell you how you can go online and to sign up. We do, though, need your details so we can keep you in touch with things that are going on. So we'll ask for a phone number and an email address. And to finish our 100 hours of prayer, the last two hours, we're going to gather together on the Friday evening between 8 and 10 p.m., and that's when it will finish, and uh, people can share, we can worship together, we can pray. I've been involved in a couple of these, and that time at the end is just fantastic for all of us to come together, uh, for those who want to. So do pick pick up a leaflet. Do have a look at uh, the book online, because I think you're going to be blessed by it. And uh, just the last announcement I'm going to make is that during this series of prayer um, Lord, teach us to pray. Some of our connect groups will be uh, going through the prayer course 24-7. I know ours are, many are. So if you're not in a connect group and would be interested over these next few months, then please have a word to myself or Isaac. A guy called Andy heads it up, so we'll point you in his direction. We're also going to run a connect group on a Wednesday morning. For about two months. So, if you're around on a Wednesday morning, we're going to have that in our coffee lounge, which is nicely kitted out. And we'll have tea, coffee, and cakes and look at the prayer course. We'll send out more information um, before then. So, our response is, um, is to engage in prayer. Our response is to join in with this. I'm going to invite the, the band up to join me. They're going to conclude our service this morning. And uh, somebody will be at the chart there where you can sign up so we can ask, answer any questions that you might have and we will be as helpful as possible. So let's rise to our feet. You've been sitting for a while and uh, appreciate your attention and listening well. And whether you're part of Encounter Church or not, I'm sure you want to pray God's blessing on us over this particular season. Sometimes things God gives us things to... Lead us on to the to next things, and this could be one of those things. Let's pray together. Let's pray together before the band leads us. Maybe you're a person here this morning that's really saying, Lord, I've heard this, and my request is teach me to pray. So, why don't you, if you want to, just raise your hands gently to the Lord this morning as I pray, and we will be like the disciples coming to ask the same request to them. It can be seasons where prayer really flourishes and it's easy in these times when we feel as if we're going without it. And and I think God copes with that. It's when we don't come to Him and say, God, really help me here. Lord, we do thank you that Your spirit is with us, giving us everything that we need for life and for godliness. And Father, Lord, we thank you for those times when prayer is such a wonderful thing and we flourish with it. But you know the challenges as well with prayer. But we know that it's a gift from you that you want to bless us in. And Lord, we commit ourselves to you and each other to you whether we're part of Encounter Church or not, whether we can be part of this or not. We pray in the name of Jesus that this will be a season where we draw to you more closely, that we learn how and when to pause. That, Lord, as we pray, that we really will rejoice and celebrate. And, Lord, we'd know those things, that we can come before you and ask with confidence. And, Lord, as we yield, Lord, come before you, that we'd understand more and more, what your will is. Lord, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for our time together. We commit each other to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.